Hello and welcome to Contra Mundum. I am uh, your host, uh, Pastor Andrew Isker, and please welcome my co-host, CJ Engel. Hello, CJ. Hey, Andrew. Good to be here. Of course. Yes. Yes. Always. Always. How was your week, CJ? What's new? Uh, there's a lot of controversy on the internet, and so it's been an exciting week. It was it was thrilling and it was fun. Um, I, I have fun with these controversies, you know, it's always, it's always great to see like where the chips fall and, and all that too. You know, it's, it's funny, like, I mean, we're going to get into it, but people just talk about like how divisive things are. Like, I, I feel a sense of camaraderie, you know, with certain mm-hmm. people and like, like having these conversations and stuff. So it's, it was, it was a good week. I agree. I think it was, I think it was an excellent week. Um, I, I think that any time that you can, begin to tell the truth about things that people don't want to talk about, right? People are terrified to speak about, um, is a good week. Um, and that happened a lot this week. So, uh, well, instead of just, uh, tiptoeing around, uh, what happened this week, why don't, why don't we get into it? Uh, CJ, what happened this week? What was the big controversy? Well, I think the whole, I think the whole show, we're going to be talking about the infamous, the famous, the legendary by now, um, tweet by Stephen Wolf, uh, former guest, by the way, of Contra Mundum. Friend and of the show. Known, that's yeah, that's that's what he's known for is is being a guest on the Contra Mundum. Uh, that's podcast. right. That's right. And his tweets. Do you have do you have the tweet? You want to pull it up? I can. I can pull it up right here. We will add it to the stream. Hopefully, all of our people can see it. Um, so the tweet is the Norman Rockwell painting. Uh, with the man standing up, the the famous meme. If you've been on the internet for five minutes, you've probably seen this meme in the last year. Um, and Stephen Wolf says, "White evangelicals are the lone bulwark against moral insanity in America." That's the tweet. That is a tweet. And right now, as of this recording, it has 1.3 million views. Uh, it has over 500 retweets and quote tweets combined. Uh, you got ratioed a little bit, as you might expect. Uh, and he has 1,500 likes. Um, it's it, it, it set the internet ablaze. Lots of people were uh, very upset. Uh, lots of people were very angry with Stephen with this tweet. Um, and they tried to parse out the language. I mean, it's been gone over a million different times by all sorts of different people. We could we can go into the people that, that really really lost their minds over it. Uh, we can discuss that. Um, but I mean, just looking at it at face value, the first time I saw it, like, I think I, I think i retweeted it before it had, I think I might've been the first retweet on it. Actually, I might've been, <laughs> that's right. So this is the, this is the, um, this the is how much, <laughs> that's right. The contramundum <laughs> bump is what he got, uh, there. Um, but, uh, it, it, um, I saw it. And I thought, well, this is um, this is true, and and I thought, well, clearly he's talking about voting data. Like I'm I'm aware of the voting data, and, and so many maybe people who got upset aren't, but the most reliably right wing voting demographic for the last thirty or forty years at least uh, has been white evangelicals, right? If I mean, and, and so yeah, CJ and I are kind of like politics nerds, and like so we we know this, we know demographics and voting and polling data and things like this. But yeah, go ahead, CJ. Let me, yeah, let's just pause right there. Um, this is one of the points that like I'm particularly interested in is like, why is it that that um, evangelicals, we'll just say like just general evangelicals, why why aren't they aware of what's going on in the political world around them? 
I think that's the first question that I'm interested in. Like, why didn't they realize that this was um, this had to do with okay? Like, you and I have disagreements in this in this area, but like Stephen Wolf mm-hmm. is a is a two kingdom guy, right? Yeah. Why aren't people aware that he's talking about the civil kingdom? Why aren't they aware that he's talking about the political kingdom? They have no awareness of what's happening beyond their strict gospel silo. I yeah. think that I think that's the first problem is they don't have a theology of the world around them. Yeah. So some of it is like you, the immediate reaction from a lot of people was, why are you dividing the church? Right. Because exactly. The, exactly. the word that that set everyone off, like if you take if you took white off of this tweet if it just read evangelicals are the lone bulwark against moral insanity in america very few people i mean there would have been people that had problem with it for sure but nobody would have had a serious problem or nobody serious would have had a problem uh, with it um you know people with neon colored hair maybe wouldn't have liked it but that's only that's it um the fact that he used white evangelicals, he used the phrase white evangelicals, people are like, why are you dividing the church between white and black? Why are you doing that? Um, and of course, you go through it. And this is one of the great things about social media is um, you go back on anybody who made, like, why are you using that phrase white evangelicals? And you go back and you look at their tweets after like the Trump victory in 2016. And they're all like, White evangelicals have a lot of splaining to do for voting for this bad guy, Donald Trump. Uh, like, they all had tweets like that. Like, every single one of them had tweets like that. Um, say, you're talking about white evangelicals as a, as a demographic group voting the way they did. Because that was a big talking point after the election in 2016 was white evangelicals overwhelmingly supported Trump, who's an adulterer and slept with porn stars and all this stuff. Like, he's a bad guy. Um, why did you vote for this bad man? And so people, that was a talking point that they used. Uh, so it was okay for them to criticize white evangelicals as a group in that moment, right? It was okay to criticize them, but here Stephen Wolf is praising them, right? He's praising them. That's very bad. You are not allowed to do that. You have to, right? You, right? You, you have to only talk about them as bad people because the regime says that they are bad people. And why are they bad people? Because that is the very most right-wing group mm-hmm. population-wise in the entire country. Mm-hmm. And so, like, why is Christian nationalism this horrible, awful, terrible thing that has to be rooted out of our country? It's a threat to democracy. And it's so bad. Why is that? Because white evangelicals are the most right-wing voting group in the, in America by far, by a wide margin. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Stephen's saying this, right? And he went on and, and, and explained it and, and backed it up with dad and things like that. I mean, some of it, like, some of the freakout is because... A lot of people just are not aware of this data. That's what I'm saying. Right? They just they have no well, idea. They just think that that maybe evangelicals in general are are Republican and vote against baby killing and 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 chopping off the genitals of of children. Um, and and so they just assume evangelicals like evangelicals are against that stuff politically, but they're not as a, as a group. Right? It's it's broken down actually. There's a racial divide on this question. Mm-hmm. And it's very real. And people people want to pretend it's not real. Like they want to believe that the racial divide within evangelicalism doesn't exist because of Galatians 3.28. We just have to bury our heads in the sand about this stuff. Um, so go ahead, CJ. You had, you had more to say. Oh, that's – I mean that's, that's, that's basically like my initial observation is like anytime you bring up like a demographic, it has to be a statement about the church. I mean yeah. like let's just name him. This was like James White's problem with the tweet. 
is he said he's dividing it up in the church up. Like there's no mention of the church. He's obviously no. talking about the civil kingdom. He's obviously talking about a political phenomenon and political devoting demographics within the context of an overall narrative where white evangelicals are seen as the um, the anchors on progress. Like without them yeah. and their voting efforts, we could uh, we could make it a lot farther in terms of equality and justice oh, and yeah. all these things. White evangelicals are the problem. And Stephen Wolf is entering into that conversation and saying, actually, no, these white evangelicals that you all hate are the lone bulwark as a voting bloc. They are the ones that are preventing, um, you know, case by case, issue by issue, the moral insanity of America. It has nothing to do with like the unity of the church in Christ. No, it's this is not a tweet. And, 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 and it, why and do we have, have to... to explain that? Like, no, 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 exactly. No, they well, have there's no reference point. What's yeah. happening politically? Yeah, and so like uh, to begin with, you know, I I have a lot of respect for for James White, um, sure. I, and I have a lot of respect for a lot of the guys that lost their minds over this. Uh, they're like they're they're good people, they're good guys, and I, I disagree with them. It's okay to disagree with people you respect and like. Um, so I just want to get that out of the way because it's I have strong criticism about this because Stephen is not talking about. We shouldn't let black people take communion in our church anymore. Like, that's not what he's saying here. He's not saying, oh, whites are the only good Christians and blacks are bad ones. Or that, you know, Vody Bakum doesn't exist and, and all conservative evangelicals that are against abortion don't exist. Like, there are, there are many. But as a group, right, you, this is what you do when you are, are doing um, politics, like electoral politics. You break right. things down by group. Like, it, you know, like, so, for instance... Black people are the most reliable Democratic voting group. Mm -hmm. They vote consistently, year after year, 90% to 10%, and it fluctuates 1% or 2% either direction, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's the breakdown every single year for like the last 50 years, for, for, you know, since before we were born. It's always been that way. And, um, and it's still, it's, it's not quite that stark, but it's still you know, a wide margin among black evangelicals. Right, a majority of Black evangelicals, people that say that they are evangelical Christians, they're born again Christians, still vote for Democrats. That's a reality. That is that is data that is real, and you could you could you could dispute it. You could say, well, maybe the well, they're you know, you could do it in like this Baptist way. Well, they're not real evangelicals because they're not saved because they vote for abortion and gay marriage and all this kind of stuff. It's like okay, we we could have that conversation, sure. Um, but in terms of like what they're they're defining themselves as evangelicals. They're defining themselves in the same using the same criteria that you do for this for white evangelicals, um, you know that are polled this way. So it's the same criteria for everybody. It's not, um, it doesn't you know it doesn't change. Um, and so that's that's a big part of it is people are just unaware of that data. Like they don't know that it exists. And um, there is this boomer conservative. Right from the boomer generation, it's not you know I'm not just making fun of of uh, the older generation. Like it's 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 their generation that believes that only in individualism that that there are no groups and that it's wrong it's morally wrong to view people at a group level to say you're part of this group I'm part of that group they they think everybody's just an individual and of course there's a lot of great things about thinking that way right it's good to, you know under in most circumstances it's great to think about only individuals on an individual level but when you're doing politics right in a mass democracy 
in, in electoral politics in a nation of 330 million people, uh, you have to use demographics. You have to use demographic breakdowns. And and here, right, everyone is has believed their entire life that you know group dynamics don't matter. That and, and that I mean, part of part of like the boomer conservative mantra is that identity politics is evil. Identity politics is bad. Um, and what has happened in the last 50 years is that Democrats have used identity politics. And what has happened? They've won with identity politics and saying, we're not going to, we're not going to use that weapon. We're not going to pick up that, that, that weapon off the ground because we have principles. We're not going to do identity politics on the right. Um, and what has happened? All we've done is lose, uh, consistently. Um, and the biggest identity group that, um, that is that supports the Republican Party is white evangelicals, and of course they get they get treated like an abused spouse uh, by the GOP, right? I mean that's that's the other irony of this is like the the most loyal demographic group is white evangelicals to to the GOP, and they are not rewarded in almost any way. Like it, it took Trump uh, nominating three Supreme Court justices and, and getting them on the Supreme Court to overturn the most terrible just from a legal perspective besides a moral one uh ruling that the supreme court has ever done and it took trump doing that it took it took a guy like from the outside and and rewarding them not like who's not part of the typical gop system right he rewards he rewards them right he rewards evangelicals this way it's 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 comical almost um if it wasn't so sad and so uh they we we don't want to we we think it's morally wrong to pick up that weapon like we think it's like and this this is part of the controversy over the last couple of days, is it's it's morally wrong to to view people in groups, right? That's that's the thing that a lot of evangelical Christians, when they look at Stephen Wolf's tweet, are saying that's morally wrong. You cannot do that. That's a sin to to group people together and, and make generalizations about groups. Well, um, there and, was that there was that one there was that one response that that said that it was tr- may have been true, but it was still racist. Yes. Like, like so, <laughs> yes. so you can't even you can't even mention it because it's like racist, uh, which it's not, and I don't even really know what that means in that context. But yeah. that's a really revealing uh, it's a really revealing thought as well, you know, to to make that point. Absolutely, like that's that's the thing. It's like, well, shouldn't we care what the truth is, right? <laughs> like, shouldn't we care what the truth is um, at at a baseline? Right? Who cares what the world says a thing is? If it's true, it matters. And if the world says you're not allowed to say this, then you definitely should say it. If it's true, uh, like how 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 do people not get this? I mean, it just exposes this like fundamental level of cowardice that people have. They're terrified to say things that are true if it offends liberal pieties. Like this is this is the thing. Like these these ideas are are deep buried deep within uh modern liberalism is that that everybody is all the same everybody thinks exactly like you do there are no differences on a group level at it, it population wide right you can't you can't view groups you can't think about groups uh, you just have to think about everybody all the same and treat them all the same and when you see data that shows that well actually people are different like different groups of people behave differently and think differently and and have you know different you know, goals and different desires and, and so forth at, as a group, at a group level. Um, 
like that that like the level of cognitive dissonance that springs up from people is it produces things like that where it's like well it might have been true but it's still bad <laughs> it's like what <laughs> what do you yeah. mean what do you mean um so um i think i mean thinking about this what were some of what were some of the other ones cj that you saw that were um the reactions that were that were hilarious to you uh, there's a few well, more that i have yeah, well, I you know I just got into these like little sub tweets and sub conversations and sub threads where basically people were just saying that like you, the mistake is that we are putting our group identity above our identity in Christ, you know, and then you push back yeah. and say, well, um, I'm just, um, you know, I'm just. We can talk about the fact that we have multiple identities. We live in two yeah. different worlds. We have an identity in Christ, but we also have our family, and there you mm-hmm. can have both. And they're like, well, you're prioritizing. We're not prioritizing one. I recognize, yeah. I recognize how like um, primary priorities versus secondary priorities. We recognize how that all works, um, and it's just amazing how they can't get that through their heads that we're that we're somehow talking about things other than the identity in Christ. Like that's the biggest problem that I have with evangelicalism and where it's where it's gone over the decades and centuries is it's in this weird place where you can't think about the temporal. You are not Ever. allowed to think about the earthly civil order. You have to only be heaven oriented. Only. You can't yeah. you can't even bring anything else up. So I think that is like a general um, you know, problem I had with it. But it's not just the white evangelical problem. They also got into like detailed critiques of like the phrase lone bulwark. Like, yes. like, yes. like they would say things like, um, well, the white evangelicals are not alone. You know, there actually is uh, you know, other people that are not white that are you know, part of the bulwark and, and, you know, and they just, they can't, they can't recognize what he's saying and what he's arguing, you know, yeah. because he didn't say they're the, they're alone in their opposition. He said they are alone specifically in their function as a bulwark, as an electoral bulwark. They're alone. That's what he's saying. Like without, without the white evangelicals, every, every single one of these issues would have been collapsed a long time ago. Gun control, yeah. abortion, yeah. gay marriage, all of it would have fallen a long time ago. They are the lone bulwark not alone in their opposition not alone as individuals but as a demographic they are specifically a bulwark in a way that no one else is yeah if you flip this around right if you flip this around and say uh because like the lone bulwark of the democratic party is is black people in general like that's their their biggest demographic group that's why the republican party every year every election cycle spends massive amounts and it doesn't work but massive amounts to try to appeal i mean trump spent all this time trying to appeal with like the platinum plan to 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 nudge maybe one or two percent more black voters into his camp and actually he did really well among black voters compared to typical republican um but um all that is to say like that is their bedrock like that's their that's their core base like they know they're always going to get that group of people in an election and so if you take them off the board it's over right mm-hmm. like that's so like who's the lone bulwark of the left right well it's it's the black voter and and like even like saying that out loud right you're not you're not allowed to say that you can't bring up those, that point but it's 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 true and so like the lone bulwark like the group in the opposite way on the right like you if you take this group off the board right and evangelicals are not consistent republican voters that they're going to get the GOP would would have given in on abortion decades ago mm-hmm. right if they didn't exist they would they would be they would be more pro trans right now than they already are which they already are too much to a, 
uh, too much to an extent um, as it stands. Uh, but that's that's what point, the point that Wolf is making. He's not saying that uh, is there you know are thirty percent of Black evangelicals Republican, right? Uh, which amounts to you know, maybe a million people across the entire country, right? A very small percentage of people. He's not saying that they exist. No, he's not saying that. Like, it, like for someone to read that in there, it just, it takes, there, like, there's a level of dishonesty that you, you have, that you, that you, you know, sink to, to be able to say, well, why is he, why is he not including black people, black evangelicals here? Like, why is he, why are, why is he including Catholics and other things? It's like, like you don't get it. You don't get it. Like if you, um, uh, someone made this point that, and I, I think it's a good one, right? If you have, if you have an army, right, and you have in the very middle, right, your your absolutely most crack troops, like your very best troops, and a bomb gets dropped on them, they're all dead, right, and they're gone, right. You could still have a lot of other troops, but you're gonna lose the battle, right. That group was your lone bulwark. Right, they were. That was the group that was going to be the decisive group, whether you won or lost the battle. And like, what really what upsets people isn't even the detail, the parsing out of of what he said, um, or or anything like that. What upsets these people is that um, he is he is summoning forth this idea of of white people thinking as a, of themselves as a, an identity group. Right, that's what people are upset about. Right, you're you can you're not allowed to think that way because that's bad. Like you said this, like you're you're saying that your identity as a white person is more important than your identity, Chris. Well, that's not true. Nobody nobody thinks that except like Looney Tunes people, like crazy people. Like no nobody thinks that. Nobody's saying that. Mm-hmm. Stephen Wolf is not saying that, right? But you are, and like <laughs> a lot of this is to like bring it back to the friend enemy distinction. Like bring it back to practical politics. Right, because I, I, somebody, you know, in my, in my mentions was like, well, why do you think, you know, black evangelicals vote for Democrats? You racist, you know, it's like that is, is there, you know, is the tone of the question, if we're gonna tone police, right? Why, why, why do you think, why do you think that, huh? Do you think they're inferior? Do you think they're stupid? Like, what do you, why do you think that? And it's like, well, the data exists. Like, it's, it, it's a reality. We, we can posit different theories. As to why this is, um, I think the most persuasive one is that um, black people have high group, high in-group preference. Mm-hmm. Like they think of themselves, like I mean, think back to you know Hurricane Katrina and Kanye West, where where he's like, this was like an eye-opening thing for me as a, a white kid from you know up the upper Midwest uh, when it happened. George Bush doesn't care about black people, right? Um, and it, it was like, I was like, what? What's going on there with that? But like. That is how, you know, the majority of black people think is of themselves as part of this group called black people, mm-hmm. right? They think of themselves as part of this group. They In they fact, draw. Most they people do. do. Most people do, except for white evangelicals. Like like that. Yeah. This is part of what's happening in the world. People don't recognize it. Like, and I I had a tweet thread on this uh, a couple of weeks ago where basically I just said, look, nobody really. Like no, none of like the base Protestant people in America really thought of themselves as like being a white group uh, no. for the first two hundred years of our nation. People didn't think like that. 
People no. didn't think of those terms. What happened was, is people thought, did think of themselves as Americans. They did think of themselves mm -hmm. as Americans. And Americans came from like mostly British stock, but it also came from German stock. And there was French in there and other Western European countries. But nobody thought of themselves as white. It wasn't until the black identity came to a, like become a political momentum, a political force in America, that people had to really ask themselves that if the enemy is drawing lines in this way, who's going to defend us as a group? And at the yeah. same time that that was happening, there was all of this propaganda about how you're not ever allowed to think of yourselves in group. You have to think of yourselves only as individuals. And so what they did mm -hmm. was they took the base demographic of America and they divided them up as, as individuals. And then they took the non-base demographic of America, which included the third world, and they, they took those people and said that you're a collective and you need to fight for your rights as a belonging to the collective. And so now mm -hmm. what's happening is there's this political dynamic where all these there's these specific groups fighting for their identity rights against people who don't belong anywhere except for only to themselves. And who's going to yeah. win that battle? Yeah. And so there's that, that's the American dilemma is – White people have been trained to think of themselves as individuals, and black people have been radicalized and revolutionized, generally speaking, to think of themselves <laughs> as a group. And that is what where we are right now. And it's a dilemma. I don't like we talked about this before we came on. I don't like I didn't come into the situation wanting to fight for my right as a white person. It's just that that's where the political lines are. And who's going to stand up for us? Yeah, I mean, some of it, you see this too, I mean, uh, it, talking about, like, news of the week, um, you you see, like, the big news going on right now is in, like, Kansas City, somewhere in Missouri, um, a a black kid um, got shot by an 85-year-old homeowner, um, and the narrative initially was, well, he just rang the doorbell, and the guy blew him away, and now it's like, well, did he, then it becomes unclear, did he walk in the home, or what exactly happened, um, and did was there, you know, understand your ground law? Was there justification for shooting? Uh, but that's the the big, big news right now is this guy, um, this horrible, and it, it's like CNN drags the guy's grandson who may, looks like he's part black, maybe he's got dreadlocks, and I don't, I don't know. Uh, but like the grandson goes on CNN, and Don Lemon uh, is grilling him, doing a struggle session live on on national TV, and said, "Is your grandpa racist?" He's like, yeah, I'd, I'd say that he, you know, he's a traditional, you know, white Christian man, and he's influenced by, you know, their, by racial bias or whatever, you know, some, some like, you know, woke, you know, language answer, mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's like that's the big controversy happening right now is like it's very clear, like, and like that happens, and it's a tragic thing, like, you don't want kids getting shot, like that's horrible. Um, and, and what, why did it happen? Well, this 85 year old guy is terrified that he's going to get robbed because old people get robbed and, and victimized by crime. And our society has decided that we're going to go really soft on crime. And, and so it makes old people like that even more scared. Um, and so like, it's, it's this horrible tragedy that maybe could have been prevented if we didn't tolerate the you know, crime like it is. But so that happens number one. And then in the same week, Two uh, like high school age girls, white girls, get shot in similar incidents, right? Where one, her boyfriend was backing up in someone's driveway and, and, and she gets shot. Um, and so that, I mean, that's not huge news. Like it's been in the news, like it, we're aware of it, but it's not a national controversy. It's not some racial uh, imbroglio. 
Um, it is because it's it's white people getting shot. Like that doesn't that doesn't move the needle. That doesn't matter. And and like this guy is gonna you know get face um, this eighty five year old guy is going to you know face very stiff stiff justice because like part of the goal in all this stuff in in this like anti white um, you know paradigm is they know that they're not going to be able to like outlaw the Second Amendment. Like they could do it kind of piecemeal in some states, but they know like like the NRA and gun groups are very powerful, have a very strong lobby, um, and they're not going to be able to do it in Washington. So what they will do is they will make the Second Amendment null and void because they'll just selectively prosecute people. So they'll like take all of the prosecutorial resources away from you know stopping murderers and rapists and burglars and things like that, and they're going to devote them to eighty-five-year-old guys that that shoot someone that walk into their that open the door to their house. Um, and, and so like, they want to make it so that stand your ground law doesn't, is, is really null and void that way. Uh, and so like, that's, that's where we're at. And so like, you have all these like evangelical leaders, all this is to go back to this evangelical leaders, are like, ah, oh, this is horrible racial injustice. A white guy shot a black kid. And it's, it's terrible. But at the same time, like you look at like crime statistics and like, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, so backwards, right? Compared, like the the attention that this crime is given compared to, like how much white people are victimized by crime, um, and and, ne- and nonetheless, like they don't they don't care because the the entire regime, the entire media, every institution, uh, is is fully in the bag for hating white people, viewing white people as the enemy, as the bad guy, and and it's like I don't I don't want to think like you said. I don't want to think about this stuff, right? I don't want to, I don't want to think about things in those terms, right? We both were trained uh, to be good little uh, uh, democratic liberal uh, boys uh, here to, to, you know, to think the right thoughts, to always think right think, um, and to never think about things in, in racial terms. That's very bad. Um, and, and, and like, we're at a point where, like you can't you can't do that. Like you can't just look at the at, at what is happening. You can't look at reality and continue to bury your head in the sand, and and understand that look, um, you you have enemies, you have a woke left that is is running the country, and they know that this group, white evangelicals, right people, you know, white people with this traditional morality, um, they're the enemy. They're the enemy. And we have to destroy them. They have that mindset. They know this. And we, white evangelicals, are like, well, we can't think of ourselves as a group. That's really bad. That would be that would be worse than being sent off to the gulag by by these people. That's that's like the attitude that people have. Yeah. It's like, well, that's that's worse if we sacrifice our principles. Even though like there's no there's nothing in the Bible that says you can't do identity politics. Right. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere in the Bible it says thou shalt not do identity politics in a democracy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like that's there is there is um, the Bible is condemning identity politics in the church. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You may not do that in the church, right. but not not in the state. Right. Exactly. Not in the civil order. You know, like no. you're you're allowed to recognize where the enemies are, the lines that they're drawing, and you're allowed to coalesce around that enemy distinction uh find your friends and and uh defend yourself and your people and your children you know um so it's uh but like i keep coming back to this fact that so many of the responses were just criticizing him for dividing the church and i just can't get (laughs) i just can't get over that transfer i had a i had a thread right after that 
where I was just reflecting on this phenomenon of these, like, uh, like I call them boomer conservatives, boomer cons, whatever. But there's just like this ingrained habit where they take something that's a statement, some sort of statement that's meant to refer to the civil realm. And the first thing they do to critique it is they drag it over into the church realm and yeah. then they castigate and reprimand the person making the statement for dividing the church and saying that, that this has no place in the church. You're the one that brought it into the church, not Stephen. Yeah. Stephen yeah. did not make that reference. You did. And it's completely, it's like the biggest cheap shot. It's the biggest straw man. Yeah. And it's a systematic straw man. And it happens yeah. everywhere we go. We see it all over the place. Um, it's like, it's like the same thing as like, um, you know, you, you can't, you can't convert people at the point of a gun. Like that's, that's the problem with Christian nationalism. It's like, we're not trying to convert them at all. Yeah. We're trying to create laws that um, let the church thrive and yeah. push away enemies to the thriving church. We're not trying to convert somebody at the point of a gun, but like they no. draw into the church context and then they critique it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's it, it, it's it, so much of it is along those lines. Like I saw this, you know, someone quoted James White on his, from his um, his podcast uh, saying just that that really the issue is that um, you know there and he, and he talks about like Galatians three twenty eight and I I've talked about this before, but like that is the verse and as Stephen actually tweeted about it uh, too, but that is the verse. The verse that is used to shoehorn in every, every single modern, liberal, uh, horrible thing, right? There's no, there's no male nor female. So obviously transgenderism is fine, right? There's no Jew nor Greek. So you can't make distinctions between, you know, uh, this group and that group, um, that you know, and and so people do that and say, well, that globalism is great. We should just have all be part of one big global state, uh, and have no distinctions between nations and peoples. Um, we, you know, all, all these things. It's like that's not what the verse is about. It's not about that at all. It's it's about divisions within the church. Yeah, it right? says people that. It says divided. that right like, there. It says that's in the, Christ. That's what, what the whole book of Galatians is about. Is <laughs> inside the church there are divisions between Jews and Greeks. Right, there can't be divisions like that, but you know whether it's race, whether it's gender, any of those things within the church, right? right? That can't exist. But that's not what we're talking about, right? Joe Biden, right? When like his administration um, has decided that that people, and I, I I tweeted about this, and people freaked out about it too, uh, because they don't want to believe you know hard data on anything. But the Biden administration said we want to have, we're going to make these rules. Uh, so that banks have to lend money, I mean, very 2008 style, uh, lend money to people with bad credit, and we'll just subsidize it with people with good credit, right? We'll make them pay more. And it's like, well, it's, these are this is friend-enemy distinction stuff. It's like, who are the voters for the Biden administration? Who who are who are the people that they that are their patrons that they're trying to to give stuff to? It's mm-hmm. it's it's yeah, non-white people. Right, that, and people are like, "What do you mean? You, you say everybody that's that's not white has bad credit?" It's like, well, uh, if you look at the breakdown of credit scores, um, it's that's that's just the reality, right? I'm not trying to say these are bad people or good people or anything like that. It's like this is just the objective reality. You have to deal with reality as it exists, right? And mm-hmm. so this is the reality, and they see that. It's like we're gonna we're gonna we're going to uh, benefit our friends. We're gonna give them stuff, and our enemy, right, white people, uh, we're gonna punish them. And it's like, right, Joe Biden is not dividing the church here. He's not caring about the church one way or the other. I mean, he is in, in, in a way. Uh, 
But he's this is not regarding the church in any way. This is mm-hmm. you are a second class citizen in your own country, and we're gonna we're gonna punish you. Right? That's what all of wokeness is. Right? That's what all of affirmative action is, is that you white people, you're bad. You are bad because you're white. And we are gonna punish you and we're gonna we're gonna reward these other people. Right? That's that's how modern identity politics works. And you don't you don't win in that situation by saying, Well, we're just not gonna play. We're just not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Right. We're just not going to we're we're going to we're going to stand by our principles. Right. Well, that that's not going to work. You're going to lose then. Mm-hmm. It's over if you if that's the way you think. Like, cool. If you want to if you want to, you know, uh, you know, go to the gulag with your principles. Great. But it's a stupid principle anyway. Right. That's that's the point. It's it's a really dumb principle uh, because it, like like CJ said, right, if you're lining up uh, for battle and this group over here is going to a- operate in like a phalanx in, in a coordinated action and they're going to operate as a group right and this group over here they're going to be they're going to be a group as well and they're going to fight together as a group and then the other army might be way bigger but they're all individuals you fight by yourself right mm-hmm. it's you against the world right um well who's going to win in that battle right everybody everybody knows what's the outcome of that is going to be it's it's so absurd it's so ridiculous and it's like and and so part of it is like some of it is people don't you know constantly uh, Christian nationalism and evangelicalism as a whole gets slandered as being white nationalist and racist and and evil and bad and so like people are afraid of that right they're terrified of being called racists mm-hmm. right they're terrified of being called wignats um, like I'm not one right I'm I'm perfectly happy living in in a country with all sorts of different people. Like I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, all things being equal. Sure. Like you don't have to, you don't have to have this, uh, a mono ethnic society. Like it's, it's possible throughout history that, uh, societies with different ethnic groups in them have been able to thrive, right? That works. But what you can't have, what you can't have is these groups over here saying you could fight as a group against the majority group and, and run them over completely. Like you can't, you, that, 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 that will destroy a society. And that's mm-hmm. what's hap- That's like, that's what's happening. And, and people are, are terrified to admit the truth. Like they're terrified of like identity politics is really bad. Like they're terrified of that. And, and so like, what, what's the solution to just pretend it's not happening? That's mm-hmm. what, that's what people, that's their solution to it. It's like, well, we'll just pretend it's not happening because it's that that's just bad. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have any time for that. I don't have any time for that. It's like, I don't care. Like part of it is like um, part, part of 2016 is that Trump, whether he did it intentionally or not, right. Appealed to the white working class in America. Mm-hmm. Like that's why he won because the issues that white working class America cared about immigration, um, losing jobs overseas, um, you know, uh, crime and drugs coming from Mexico, things like that. That's what he campaigned on. And wouldn't you know it, they came out for him in droves. It mm-hmm. was, whether he meant it or not, it was an identity politics issue, mm-hmm. right? They cared about that issue, that that group. And he's rewarding his friends, right, by by supporting that. His enemies, right, are, are you know, the regime. And they, they like that. They, they like destroying middle America, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't want middle America to have power. They want all the power to be in New York City and in... in 
uh, Los Angeles and Chicago. They want they they want power in these urban centers. That's where they want power to be in the wealth and everything else. They don't want Middle America to be to have any wealth. And and so like that's what that's what all of this revolves around is like 2016. Whether Trump meant it or not, he did identity politics and won. And mm-hmm. so we can't have that. No, we can't. We can't. We can't allow any identity politics around here. Um, and 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 so some of it too is like. Um, you have these people when they make this argument, like, well, what about these black evangelicals? Are you saying they're bad people then? Like, um, you say Vody Bakum is bad because he's not a white evangelical. Like, it's it's such it's such ridiculous stuff. Uh, but it's like, well, no, there just there aren't very many guys like him. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's the reality. Uh, because even and even if they're like doctrinally solid, uh, you know, black folks, like they'll vote for Democrats because that's that's what black folks do is you vote for the Democrat. Uh, mm-hmm. like that's that, that that's, I've, I've known them actually like guys mm-hmm. who are, you know, like veterans and conservative and, and, and everything else. But it's like, well, who'd you vote for? Well, you know, I, I voted for Bill Clinton, you know? Uh, and it's like, mm-hmm. really? Um, well, yeah. You know, like, um, or I, or I voted for, for, you know, uh, Al Gore or John Kerry. Like they, they'll vote for Democrat because that's, they, they think about things in terms of the group that this mm-hmm. benefits my people. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, they don't think any other way. And you're, and like, you're not going to train that out of people. You're not going to, you're not going to preach the gospel. And then suddenly all of these people think I should think as an individual now and not as part of a group. Like that's not the way God made us. It's not the way God made us. Either. Yeah. Yeah. He made us yeah. for family and he made us for like natural relations. I mean, one of the things that Stephen's book does is it goes through like a lot of the like the historical, um, you know, church various church fathers and medieval thinkers and post Reformation thinkers, all of whom talked in terms of the fact that God gave us families, He gave us extensions of the families, He gave us kin groups, He gave us nations, and we're supposed to work together on behalf of those who we share a way of life and a common history with, and that's part of the glory of of God's created order. Um, so I do think we have an obligation to think in terms of um, of of continuity, right? Think in terms of yeah. our ancestors, and think in terms of us facilitating um, the the past to the present to the future. And that's our function is to honor our ancestors and pass on the things that we've been given onto our posterity. I think that's a very biblical concept, and the idea that we're only supposed to think of ourselves solely in terms of like these um, like a like transcendent these like a supra material um mm. things i think is completely it's gnosticism that's what yeah. it is it is yeah. a religious gnosticism and that's what's going on here yeah it doesn't it, like these things are not supposed to matter and, and it's that's like liberalism in in its fundamental commitments is fundamentally gnostic and i you know a lot of people use that word flippantly the g word uh the gn <laughs> word uh flippantly uh but it's but it's true like you're you're not supposed to think about these things in this way, um, but it, in fact, you know that's uh, reality. You know, you know, I'm a I'm a Paul Gottfried guy. You know, he's he says that a lot of modern politics is Gnostic. You're not allowed to think in terms of material identification. You're not allowed no. to think in terms of like ethnic relations, tribal relations, kinship relations, and nationalities. You're not supposed to think of these at all. You have to only think of yourself and belonging to the quote, you know, capital U. Um, universal man that's the only yeah. way that you can conceive of yourself um and he blames that on the development of gnosticism over time over the centuries yeah 
Um, yeah. So yeah, like I, I think that that's a, a, a fair point. And I think that, it, that people need a lot of introspection. It's time to start thinking of yourself as belonging somewhere with a home, with roots, with, you know, and um, I have a friend um, who's English and he ju- they just moved out of um, London. They used to live in London. And he's like, I'm like, there's like 20% British people in London. Like yeah. everyone else is like, I am a minority everywhere I go. This was the land that was earned for me by my ancestors. And I am yeah. no longer welcome there. We have a prime yeah. minister, we have a political leadership and none of them, or, I mean, few of them, over the years, increasingly fewer are English. How can yeah. you expect someone from a from a from a foreign land to think in terms of their duties to prolong and uh, promulgate English historical norms? You can't expect that from them. And he's been pushed out, and he and he moved, and he's like the land that was given to me that I inherited from my ancestors. I am no longer welcome in. That makes me sad because I think there yeah. is part of the created order that is supposed to receive these things, uh, these familial passing ons with with uh, with gratitude and pass them on to our uh, the people that come after us. And I think it's really sad that this is happening in the West, uh, and it's happening it's happening uh, willfully, you know, and people yeah. are, are 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 happy about it. Uh, and yeah. I think it's just it's just a great tragedy. You can't you can't turn the clock back on that. No, no, you can't. And and. and... I mean, so much of it, I mean, this gets into to questions of immigration, it gets into questions of um, of, of politics more generally, it, is that, I mean, America as this place, um, it, it is, is part of this, um, you know, Anglo-Saxon um, political tradition, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're part of um, an actual people, like, I've, I've mentioned this before, like, I'm, I mean, my majority of my heritage is German, but my my ancestors quickly assimilated to this Anglo-Saxon American culture, uh, and and all of ours, you know, largely did. Like became part of it. Like it was very easy to graft people in, and um, all of that is is largely gone now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have um, and and you have like you have you have people that that come here that that assimilate for sure. Uh, but the assimilation that's happening in in America is is to this globalist woke religion, this globalist woke culture, more than it is anything else. Like you see it in in uh, in the Twin Cities, um, the Somalis, like Ilhan Omar, right? They don't. Many of them don't hold to like traditional Muslim beliefs or any anything like that. They they become really woke, right? Mm-hmm. They become like woke left wing people quickly, and they. They get rid of mo- most of things, other than the the superficial cultural trappings of 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 uh, where yeah. they come from. Uh, but they they fully like quickly become this like empty vessel that just absorbs all of the wokeness. Um, there was a there's a quote in the book uh, the Camp of the Saints, which I I recommend to people. It's just one of the greatest works of fiction in the modern era. Um, but he just he talks about the fact that like as the third world just floods into France, he has this saying that's like they're gonna take an old oak door that has like a community meeting, like community meeting. They're gonna take this like very significant old oak door, and they're gonna be cold, so they're gonna use it as firewood. Because they just they just don't have yeah, this. They don't like, value it. Yeah, why would they? And it makes sense. Yeah. I don't expect them to. Yeah. You know, but like there are consequences for not thinking in terms of your own past. Yeah. Yeah, I it's I mean, it, so much of it is so discouraging um in in some ways because a lot of these like the people that should get it 
that should understand these things and have the courage to ask questions that people don't want to ask. Um, don't do it. Are terrified to do it, and and not only are terrified to do it, but they they view their fear of asking questions and pursuing lines of inquiry as a great virtue, right? Mm-hmm. They they view and they and and so because they view it as a great virtue, they'll they'll attack someone like Stephen, mm-hmm. and or they'll attack me when I use like credit score data uh, and say like here there's differences here. I mean you can assign whatever theory you like, but the differences exist. There's a re like they're there. Um, so if, you know you figure it out. But they're there, and so like they they attack over this stuff, and they get they get really mad because they think you're a bad person for pointing out facts, for pointing out facts, and uh, because these are hate facts, these are bad things, and and, and it, like that's that's the discouraging thing. It's like it's so much of this stuff needs needs to be said and talked about and and figured out because um, I I think it's certainly possible, absolutely possible, that you can have. You can have, you know, racial harmony and peace in America. I absolutely, I don't doubt that for a second, actually. Like, people think that, like, because people will attack you, like, you're you're a racist, you're a white nationalist, you're all this stuff. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm not any of those things. I think that there can be racial harmony in America between whites and blacks and other uh, other peoples. Um, But what it will take is complete destruction of the left. The left has to be completely and utterly destroyed. Wokeness has to be rooted out fundamentally and order has to be restored mm-hmm. right that's the only way that's the only way and if you do those things life for every group all the different identity groups will be better mm-hmm. right that's 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 one of the main things like I, I i will i'll tell people it's like if you want if you want to make life better for black people then wokeness needs to be destroyed Right, like you, if you want to make life better for Hispanics and and all these other people, like then you need you need to you it needs to it needs to go away. Like we need to win. Um, yeah. Otherwise, like it's it's like life is way worse. Yeah, yeah. And what you're talking about uh, is winning. You can't appeal to some like hypothetical ideological theory like classical liberalism. You have no. to win. That's what you're saying is yeah. you have to win. You have to have uh, political relevance and you have to have political strategy. Part of political strategy is being aware of demographic voting blocks and utilizing yeah. them and employing them. And in order to utilize them and employ them, you have to be honest about them, you yeah. know? So, yeah, I, I agree. Well, and fundamentally, like, people just do not want to be honest. That's that's a lot of it, is they they would rather lie about things than tell the truth. Like, they would rather Stephen lied and said mm-hmm. that evangelicalism in general is the lone bulwark when that's not true and the data shows that that's that is not a true statement it isn't it's more specific white evangelicalism it, 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 you could be upset about that but that's what the data shows like you if if it if maybe you think the data's fake or maybe you, whatever you could have that argument <laughs> but like sometimes you just have to come to grips with the way things actually are Right. And, and, and people are, are so scared of doing that. And I understand why they're scared because like your life will be destroyed if you do that. Like you're yeah. like, you're not, you're not free to do that. That's why it's like, that's why I say like, it needs to be pastors who have the courage to be able to say, well, actually there are racial you know problems in America. It's not true. It's not just woke people causing problems. Like there are racial differences. There are, are racial um, animosities. There's ra- all sorts of racial issues in our country. And we should be honest about those things. Right? We shouldn't lie about them because it's safer to do that. 
um, and, and pastors in particular, and Christian leaders in particular, should be the ones that should be s- the safest to be able to pursue the truth. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what's you know kind of discouraging about this, uh, but the encouraging thing is, in in all of this discussion, is that there are a lot of people who um are are thinking through this stuff for the very first time, mm-hmm. right? Who had no idea any of these statistics existed. They had no idea that the crime statistics are the way that they are. They have no idea. Um, that you know, like the credit score stuff, any of this stuff, they had no idea that there there are actual t- like tangible differences, um, and, and and so like it breaks a lot of people's brains on one hand, on on the other hand, um, it causes people to like actually think through solutions, like how do we how do we make life better for everybody in our country, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the question. Like I want, I, and I I can't speak for you, but I I can assume, like I want life to be good for all the different groups in our country, right? I want, I want people to have good lives. I want people to have families and children and, and jobs and, and to be able to lead productive lives. I want that for everybody, right? Not just the people in my demographic group. I want it for the whole country. Um, and, and so like it, you, but to do that, like you, you're going to have to summon a lot of courage to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what it will take. Um, and right now we don't have it. And I don't, and again, like somebody brought this up, like, you think all these guys are cowards? Um, no, I, I don't. I think, I don't think they consciously are being cowardly. Um, I think they, they are fully bought into a system that is not true. And um, just because you don't have the, because some of, like, you take it back to like, like Jonathan Edwards, for example, was he cowardly for not becoming an abolitionist and owning slaves? No, I don't, I don't think he was actually. Um, but, in his situation, in the world that he was in, um, it would have required a tremendous amount of courage to step out of of you know the mainstream to do that, right? Mm-hmm. For example, right? Uh, some people are simply just not ready to to well, pursue certain things. Yeah, I also think I also think that they don't uh, they're not aware they're not aware of anything beyond what they've been taught either. Like they don't yeah. like I I think we're past the point where people recognize that it's even a thing to defend your nation, defend your people. Mm-hmm. I don't I think that, I think that they're so they've so absorbed the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age yeah. that they don't they don't know any other way of dealing with these uh, types of statements. You know, they don't no. they don't recognize that you can take this statement, divide between a political civil order comment um, and make that as a distinction between, you know, that order and the kingdom of Christ. I don't think people yeah. are. Um, I don't think they can make that. So, like, I, one of the things that Stephen pointed out is that he doesn't think like if you t- look at all the old uh, tweets. Um, I don't. I don't want to just use people's names, but he just comes to mind. But like Samuel say, right? Mm-hmm. There's like he 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 was very critical of white evangelicals after they voted for Trump, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're being hypocritical. I don't think they realize the disconnect no. there. You know, I don't. No. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a hypocrite. I, I really don't. I think that he's just absorbed the spirit of the age. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, and the spirit of the age is that you could criticize white people, mm-hmm. but you cannot praise them as a group. Yeah. You could criticize you can... them as a group, but you may never praise them. And so that's set, like they, they've absorbed this and that is what set them off is this is racist and bad. It's, it's evil and racist to praise white people. Like that's, that's the standard. Right. And that, and people will come around and they'll like, they'll backfill 
you know, retcon some Bible verses around that, including Galatians 3.28, always. Um, And, but that's not, that's not the way Christians have thought for millennia, right? Mm -hmm. It it, is like that it's evil to think of, you know, nationalities and groups and things like that. It's like, um, I mean, you look at like King Alfred fighting the Danes and it's like, well, uh, Alfred, you are, you, you can't, you can't fight those. You can't think of them as a group. They're just a collection of individuals, right? Well, no, um, you, you can, um, uh, you certainly can. And the, and what actually, interestingly, the result is a whole bunch of Danes got baptized and became Christians. Um, and so like all of this is to say, like, I think, yeah, people have, you're right. Have just never thought about these things, have never questioned it, have never thought that maybe liberalism and, and just this liberal egalitarian view and individualistic view, uh, might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that this liberal moralism and these pieties, like that's, that's the thing. Like people want it, like they want you to uh, condemn Stephen for what he tweeted uh, because it, it violates these, the, the, the pieties of the zeitgeist and uh, they're not biblical pieties. Uh, they're the zeitgeist pieties and it's that they're powerful, right? They, they animate a lot of emotions in people uh, when you upset them. And mm-hmm. it, it takes, like, you want, I mean, everybody wants to, like, talk about uh, smashing idols and chopping down, you know, Donner's Oak. Um, but they don't want to, like, do that, actually, because it upsets people, right? Mm-hmm. People are not happy when you tear down their idols, right? That's what happened to Gideon. Like, they were ready to kill him over it, right? People get lynched over attacking their idols, Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's what happens. And what happens to Stephen? Like people are going after him hard because a thing that they believed to be true. Right. This this modern liberalist piety um, that that indivi- that group, you know, group dynamics are not real. And they're, they're, you can't view th- people as groups. He attacked that. He attacked mm-hmm. that idol that they have. And um, and I don't use the, like the word idol flippantly because like, that's the thing is everyone always is accusing everyone else of idolatry all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like that, it's so stupid. Um, this is, I mean, this is like an actual big one, right? Mm-hmm. This, this, it, like this mental construct that people have, this is a huge one in our society that, uh, and, and it's one that's, that's causing us to, to constantly lose. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it not just like, not just like lose elections, but like lose our entire culture, lose our entire way of life. Like there's, there's the reason why all of the trans stuff and everything else, um, is, is sweeping in like a flood mm-hmm. and it's, it's because we, we don't fight it and stand against it effectively. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that's the, but I, I think that again, on the flip side, I, you know, CJ has the you know, Spengler, uh, quote, you know, optimism is cowardice. Um, I just, I disagree. Um, I, I want to be optimistic. I want to, I want to see that, that people are, are telling the truth about things and saying that there, there are real, uh, serious racial problems in our country. Um, and that, um, the only way to solve them is winning. Like, I think people mm-hmm. are, people are beginning to see this, right? People are beginning <clears throat> to admit that, um, that we have to be honest about stuff yeah. and, and and honest about trying to figure out solutions, like that's that's part of it. It's like it, the, the BoomerCon uh, spirit is we'll just keep losing because we'll eventually die and, and go to heaven, right? They they don't care, like they don't care yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, that that is the, that that's not. I mean, that's the evangelicalism. That's where it's come yeah. to. I have yeah. this post. Um, 
up from up from evangelicalism that I'm still putting together. But that's one of the reasons I'm just so aggravated with the entire evangelical, like as a as a um, as a phenomenon, as a movement. Like it's like I, I, it's just so frustrating to see where they've come from and the things that they've stuck to and cling to, and they've they've uh, torn out all the other. Um, aspects of Christendom, and, and um, it's just it's amazing to see this is the thing that they claim to is the temporal doesn't matter, your family doesn't matter, your culture doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is whether the individual is going to heaven or not. Like it's so. Yeah. That's not how. That's not how Christians thought for over a thousand years. They didn't think of yeah. it in terms of like the only thing that matters is like heaven. Like that's a very, like, almost postmodern mentality. You know, yeah, you got to use the G word again, uh, the GN word. It's very, uh, it's, it's very Gnostic, absolutely. It is, yeah. It, it's this, it's it's totally Gnostic a way of thinking, and we we have to get rid of that if we want to have any hope of winning. And that that's the thing. Like, I mean, part of this, and not too, even not even hope of winning, but just the hope of like of of like fulfilling our duties as human beings. Yeah, this is the created order. This is what we yeah. were created for. We yeah, were this created, is our kilos. Yeah. Yes, yes, we were created to represent the cosmic, the divine order on earth. This is a very, we're sanctifying the development of history. God has a purpose for history. It's good when people and cultures and societies grow physically, you know, like those are good things. They reflect the divine order. Yeah, and one one last thing. I I don't I don't want to cut you off there. Uh, one last thing. I think before we we wrap before this my up, kids, my kids are gonna burst in here. Yeah, in burst in oh. here. Go right through the wall like the Kool Aid Man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but uh, I think I think one of Wolf's things. This is a point I've made many times in many other places. Is that the lone bulwark, right? The white evangelical um, untermenschen. Bull- you know. By the way, lonebulwark.com. <laughs> lonebulwark.com. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, LoneBulwark.com is CJ's new website that he, he got. Um, I'm not joking. He really did buy it. <laughs> yeah. um, it is like they understand – our enemies understand if this, if this particular group is activated and begins operating as a, more so as a group. I don't think there's ever going to be like, like this, you know, cons- you know very conscious um, – um, understanding is like white people or anything like I'm, I'm not calling for that necessarily but i'm saying like um yeah people will talk about like heritage america right um and and that's that's more or less and i i, I like that term better actually i mean in it it isn't like racially charged because there are, are like the 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 vody bacham type black evangelicals that are very conservative right fit right in with that within heritage america right mm-hmm. um it's they're not the majority of black evangelicals, but they ex- they do exist, and so I I like that term way better. Um, I actually think I actually think there is a um like a like a um descendants of like people who lived in the south, like descendants of slaves. I think they're part of the like the American mosaic. I'm Absolutely. very like yeah. I'm very like British and Anglo-Saxon oriented in our institutions, but like like if you watch Gone with the Wind. And the way that like the the dynamics between like the blacks and whites, that's actually some of that's real. Like yeah, or yeah, if you go to the south, you see it still. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. it's real, and so like they do have they're part of that they're they're part of that situation. They are heritage Americans in that way. We're very British. Our institutions are very Anglo-Saxon. Mm-hmm. Our our customs, our demeanors, our instincts, our sentiments, our artwork, our music, all those things came out of Anglo-Saxon America. But there is you can't deny the fact that there is. 
um, like a, a cultural role and function that the blacks have played in our in our history. Certain blacks, not like um, Caribbean blacks, but people descendants of slaves. You know, like slavery's like slavery is bad, but the defendants of the slaves are part of our history yeah. and they belong here for sure. You know? Yeah. It's, and, it, and it's like, yeah, okay. It, it, you know, if we had a time machine and we could say, we didn't, we wish this didn't happen, you know, all of us would be like, yeah, I, I, I wish we didn't have, that hadn't have happened. There wouldn't have been slavery. Yes. But they're here. They've been part of our country for hundreds mm-hmm. of years. Mm-hmm. And so there absolutely is a place for them. Like, that's the other thing is like, people are always like, oh, you, you think like a group and then you must be racist and hate these people. It's like, no, no, they're Americans. Like there are men, um, they're, uh, for like my dad was in the army. His best friends were black, right? They were black men that, and they loved their country. They volunteered. They weren't drafted. They volunteered to join the army during Vietnam. Uh, these these men that my dad served with, uh, and so, and are are they you know, are they part of this minority or what? I I don't I don't it doesn't really matter, right? They they love these these men love their country and understood they were part of this country. They're part. Of, they had a heritage here, just like everyone else. Um, so it isn't it. All of this isn't to say to make the to make like you know, wignet arguments or anything like that. It's that you, you have a cultural heritage of, of particular people in this country. Um, and so that's why I like, I mean, I like that term heritage Americans more because I think that group is part of that, you know, that term. Um, it isn't, and it isn't strictly divided by race because people like the second, and Wolf talks about race brain, right? Um, the second you bring up race, their people's brains shut off. Uh, you know, they just do like the mm-hmm. second you bring up race, you bring up statistics and, and demographic data and anything like that. Um, brain shut off completely. Like you can't have a, a converse. You can't have facts and logic Ben Shapiro style anymore. Right. As soon as race brain comes out. And mm-hmm. so like this, I think that term avoids it. Right. Um, so if he said heritage American evangelicals, <laughs> then they would have accused him of just doing a racist dog whistle. And you're only referring to white people anyway. But it's like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think you are actually. I think you know uh, a guy like Vody or Daryl Harrison, uh, same to say he's Canadian, but like th- those guys, I think are part of that group. But yeah. go ahead. Well, yeah, but even like even if you say like there is heritage Americans and there they there are there is an aspect of Black Americans that came from the South that are part of our history. It still remains the fact of the matter that white evangelicals are still the lone bulwark. Yeah, like oh, a yeah. lot of a lot of the yeah. descendants, like especially because in the post '60s world, everyone's become radicalized. Yes, like all those black descendants, they've been pushed to the left by radicals. Yeah, you know, so they don't they don't have they actually no longer think of themselves as part of a patrimonial history. Like, no. like if if you would have looked at blacks in like the 1910s, the 1900s, like 1890s, like. Um, things were things were different then, and in some ways they were more hostile. But in other ways, like especially if you look at the South, there was there was a healthy like dynamics going on there. Nothing's perfect. Nothing's ever perfect on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think that they've been really radicalized and very made, made viciously anti-white by the '60s by the by yeah. the Cultural Revolution. So things yeah. I don't think things are getting better in terms of racial harmony. I think yeah. the Civil Rights Movement has really heated things up. So. Yeah. It's reached With- its it's reached its apotheosis at this point where they are, um, they they've reached. I mean, maybe maybe I don't want to say maximal radicalism, but it's 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 a radical movement that hates white I, people. Yeah, it like is. It, 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 they hate white. Like that's 
and, and like even that people are terrified of saying like oh you're just you're just doing race baiting you're just doing it's like no like this is this this is look at what happened in 2020 look at the rhetoric of the BLM riots um it it was it was really bad yeah. and so my my point here is that you activate this heritage american group right is is majority of, of which are white evangelicals and then you you know you throw in like uh, conservative Roman Catholics, and you 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 throw in black evangelicals that are that vote Republican, right? Um, you 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 lump this group together and you activate that group because that's the core base of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Like you activate that group and they begin act, acting as a group and expecting patronage, right, from the GOP, mm-hmm. um, and being expected to be rewarded, right, from by the GOP, um. Then, then things really begin to change, right? Mm-hmm. Then your congressman starts serving the identity group that he represents. It doesn't serve the donors because right mm-hmm. now, right now the GOP. I mean, you see this with DeSantis. He's 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 uh, bringing back goodies for his voting base, mm-hmm. right? That's that's identity politics, right? They don't want to call it that, but it's identity politics. Like the lone bulwark in Florida is driving that. Uh, you don't want to say that, but that's the reality. And so um, you you lean more into identity politics in this way, and you're going to get more rewards for it, politically speaking. right? You're going to get more exercises of power um, for your group because you're now acting as a group. You're now saying, mm-hmm. we evangelicals are only going to vote for you if you push this. I mean, that's that's been the implicit arrangement uh, regarding abortion uh, for this whole, this whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but making it more explicit is good actually right making it more explicit is 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 good politically and will drive things and that's that's what the left fears actually like they're they're afraid of identity politics being adopted like that's why right that's that's why they're terrified of tweets like this of people bringing you know raising this this issue um because right this is the way politics is in 2023 it'd be nice if it wasn't that way Mm-hmm. It would be nice if, if the Democrats decided we're just going to treat everybody as individuals too. We're going to play by these rules. Um, but that's not the reality. and We have to operate within uh, the way things actually are. Um, so any, any, any final words, CJ? Any, any, any more on this? We could talk about it for another three hours uh, because <laughs> it's, a fasc- it's a fascinating po- topic. And it's honestly, I think, like the future of, of our politics, um, it is. Yeah. Uh, quite honestly. Um, so uh, anything else? Not really. Um, I, you know, I think it's just a good reminder to. Uh, it helps. It also helps connect you with your own heritage when you begin to think of yourself as part of something greater than yourself. You know, and I, I think there's a, there's a lot of meaning in that. Like I've, um, you know, I grew up in the '90s, and um, I didn't really know the long history of where I came from. You know, mm-hmm. and I and I belong to something older than myself, and it, and I think having kids helps with this too. You begin yeah. to think of your duty in facilitating the past into the future. Um, you know, Edmund Burke and the classic conservatives just talk about this fact that you are not an individual born uh, without any social context. You know, you have inherited something valuable and it's your, it's your role to pass it on. And in order to pass it on, you do have to think of yourself as being part of something beyond yourself. Yeah, I think uh, along those lines, um... I, I remember reading something by by a theologian commenting on on the laws of Israel and how um, both the bastard and the eunuch did not have full you know civil rights. Um, they didn't, and the reason why is because 
the bastard has no official heritage uh, that he that he inherits that he that he get he has no father, um, and the eunuch doesn't have any any posterity, uh, and that's that's the reason why you're cut off from those things, you're cut off from the past, you're cut off from the future, um, and and so those things really do actually matter, and some of it you see this is why like studying and understanding the Old Testament is so important, is because, um, it it really strips away that Gnostic tendency of your New Testament only Christians. Uh, because Israel had a past and they had a future and they, 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 they understood that. Um, and we need to understand the same thing as well, that you have a past and you have a future and you shouldn't be afraid of those things. They're the the past was not perfect and the future is not going to be perfect either. Uh, but you, you need to be faithful, um, in pursuing it. So, um, any, any other, uh, any other things that uh, you've, you've uh, worked on this week that you want to point our listeners to? If they've made it all the way to the end, uh, great. We're, we've, had, <laughs> we've had a lot of fun today. Um, and so please uh, please I, visit CJ's uh, stuff here. <laughs> yeah, LoneBulwark.com is my new site. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the joke site. But I, I actually have an article on uh, asking what is culture. Uh, and I mentioned a little bit like the ethnic aspects of, of, of what culture is. I'm really excited to publish it. I have it almost done, but unfortunately we had to, not, not unfortunately, but I had to record <laughs> before I could finish it. So that'll be up probably by the time this episode goes live. So go to cjingle.substack.com and then you can find me on Twitter at Contra Mordor. Yes, and, and for me, I have more articles coming this way uh, on, on news.gab.com. I have um, a few... Uh, sermons with exegesis that that uh, is really important. Um, we're going through First Samuel and uh, learning uh, Christian nationalism from two thousand years ago or, or three thousand years ago. And so there's a lot there, really really interesting stuff. And I I, I keep promising this World War II article. I'm going to get it uh, into you. It's it's uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be worth the wait. Um, hopefully I have that in in this week and published. Um, uh, as well, um, you know, continue to to see what we're, we have to say on, on Gab at at Boniface Option and at uh, Contramundum Podcast. Uh, we're going to keep posting there. Uh, CJ is at, at Gab as well at, uh, at uh, Contra Mordor. Um, and so, uh, for uh, and I'd like to apologize to the poster. We're going to make it. We are out of time. We we were going to have him on today, but unfortunately, not enough time. Uh, for our friend Uh, so uh, but for all of us here including we're going to make it and CJ Engel uh, I'm Andrew Isker and thank you for listening to Contra Mundo we'll see you next time